Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. joining with us today. Uh, my name is Terry. It's a joy to welcome you here. And we are in the midst of a message series entitled Things That Go Bump in the Night. We've been talking about fear during the month of October. We'll actually conclude that series next week. And uh, today um, we counted a privilege uh, to be able to do something that Christians do, and that is to celebrate what we call the Lord's Supper. And now I got to be honest, um, I've uh, been to church uh, all my life, different denominations. And every time I'd walk in and I would see uh, communion or I'd see trays and I'd see a lot of bread. And by the way, doesn't that make me hungry? I'm, I'm getting hungry right now. Um, I would start to sweat because the truth was, is I believe in Jesus. Um, but when I came in and I would see this, I would be like, oh, okay, it's communion. And um, a lot of fear would set in because the truth was, is while I understood what we were doing, if someone were to ask me the question of, you know, do you know what it means? I, my, my palms would get sweaty because I, I wouldn't be able to really articulate what it means. I know kind of what Jesus did, but I really don't understand it. And we use a lot of terms like communion. Um, we use terms like bread of life. And in fact, a lot of Christians, they go around and say, yeah, Jesus is the bread of life. And, but if someone were to ask you, what does that mean? You'd be like, oh, uh, he, he, he died for us. And we'd give that answer. Um, and so what I like to do, uh, the teacher in me likes to do is to really kind of dive into the Bible. Um, but if you're kind of new or if you're a Christian and you've kind of been there and you ask, you know, Terry, I don't know what it means. Um, I li- I love the opportunity to be able to really dive in and to, to dig into and really understand what we're about to do. Um, and that is to really celebrate what we call the bread of life. So if you're not a Christian, you're going to learn a lot today and a lot about what this event is. Um, and if you are a Christian, hopefully you can answer these questions as well. Um, but it really dives back as we talk about communion, it dives back into a part of the Bible that is in the book of Exodus. And so let me kind of set it up for us as we're about to dive in. Um, you're going to see a, a couple of individuals by the name of Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron were chosen by God to be his mouthpiece, to be able to help to lead the Israelites um, across the Red Sea. And now they're in the desert and they're in a desert area. They just saw God move. They saw him, you know, separate the waters. They're walking on it. You've read the stories as kids. And now all the Israelites are in the desert and it's been a little bit of time and they begin to grumble and they begin to complain much like we do as Christians. Cause isn't it true Christians that God shows up in our lives and we celebrate God? Yes. Wasn't God amazing. He answered our prayers. And then two weeks later, we're like, God, what are you doing? Come on, throw me a bone here. I mean, really? And uh, we do the grumble thing too. And so we're going to pick up this story in the book of Exodus chapter 16. And the Israelites are grumbling, um, but we're really going to show you something. And if you've read the Bible all your life and you know this story, I probably bet you've never heard it or the true reason behind this past description. So we're picking up Exodus 16, two through six. If you have your Bibles, it's, you'll find it there. You'll find it on the screen. Or if you download the YouVersion Bible app, you'll have all the notes from today's message located in there as well. Here we go. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Pause. I love the Bible because you can fly right through it and miss so much. So you got to take your time. I want you to really focus on this. It sets us up for the day because God says a lot about what we do in this one passage. He says there too, the whole community of Israel, which if you're in modern age, it means us. So if you're reading the Bible, you can count yourself into that. Okay, it's us. Complained about Moses and Aaron. 
Now, Moses and Aaron are two human men. God just delivered them. They're in the desert. God led them to the desert. God provided for them. God saved them. And all of a sudden, they're sitting for a while, and they're complaining, not about God. Who are they complaining about? Moses and Aaron. Pay attention to that. Here we go. If only God had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. But now you, Moses and Aaron, have brought us into this wilderness to starve us to death. Don't miss this. All of God's children are sitting there. They're not talking about God doing anything for them. They're talking about these men who have come and have inspired us. And these men led us. And yeah, God did some amazing things. But we're here because these men led us to die. God should have just killed us. If you want to go to sleep for the next 20 minutes, then just get this point and you can go to sleep. God is a very jealous God. You can look all throughout scripture. He's a very jealous God. The one thing God desires more than anything is he wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be the focus of your life. He doesn't want any other gods or idols apart from him. He is the way. He is the truth. He is God. And so when we in our lives begin to turn our focus off of God and what he's done in our life and attribute it to our success, another person, a spouse, when we get angry because of the situation we're in and all of a sudden everything begins focused on me or us, God doesn't like that. Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you know all good things come from who? Him. And the Israelites have just turned their focus and they said, Moses and Aaron have led us here. So watch what God does. Because some of you are like, well, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Take a look at the next verse. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. Carrying on. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening you will realize that it was the Lord who brought you out to the land of the land of Egypt. In other words, I'm going to provide a miracle. I'm going to rain down bread, manna from heaven so that the people remember and realize who it was who brought them out of bondage, who led them specifically here. If I'm honest, if I'm Moses and Aaron, I'm like, yes, Lord, that'd be awesome because we don't want to take the arrows anymore for you. But the truth is, here they are. They're in the middle of the desert and they're focused on Moses and Aaron. Now, here's the truth. We do that in our lives. We do that all the time. Many times we take the credit for what God's done in our lives. Or we get upset and we blame a person. And the truth is, is God is in charge of everything, every aspect of our life. I tell people who are mad at God many times and they don't want to say it and they kind of get bitter and all of a sudden they take it out on people. I go, look, if you're mad at God, tell God you're mad at him. Because he's the one, he's the author, he's the one who goes before you. And so have that conversation with God. If you're not happy about where you're at in your life, look at God and say, God, I'm not happy. But make it about him. If anything, God wants to be in the center of your life. So even if you're mad at him, Tell him that. Don't ignore him. Don't put him in a a side pocket, but allow him to be everything. Do you want to know why I know that? Because the Israelites all throughout history continued to take God and remove him from his place and put him on the side. In fact, the Israelites, when they were in bondage, they were in a very, very bad situation. And all of a sudden, God's going to show up. And I want you to take a look at what happens when we put God on the side. Take a look at this. This comes from a book called Lamentations. Do you want to know why it's called Lamentations? It's because the people were lamenting 
their lives. Take a look at this. How the gold has lost its luster. Even the finest gold has become dull. The sacred gemstones lie scattered in the streets. See how the precious children of Jerusalem, worth their weight in fire gold, are now treated like pots of clay made by a common potter. Even the jackals feed their young, but not my people Israel. They ignore their children's cries like ostriches in the desert. In other words, God is saying, even my people ignore the cries of their young. Even my people are heartless. They've become heartless. They've lost their focus like ostriches in the desert. Do you know what an ostrich in the desert looks like? This is true. You can actually see this. Ostriches that live in the desert, they go and they lay their eggs. That's their young. And they go ahead and they sit on it for a little bit. But then when they get hungry because they're in the desert, they have to search for food. And so ostriches, they'll get up and they'll try to keep one eye because ostriches, and this is really weird. You're like, I came to church. I heard about an ostrich. But one eye is on one side of the head. Another eye is on the other side of the head. So an ostrich will keep one eye on the nest and will go searching with the other eye for food. But here's the problem in the desert. What happens to sand in the desert? It shifts. And so as the ostriches are searching for food, which they do, they lose sight of their young and they have to leave their young. And so the children beg for food, but they starve like ostriches in the desert. And so God is saying, my people have lost their way. Look at this next one right here. The parched tongues of their little ones stick to the roofs of the mouth in thirst. The children cry for bread, but no one has any to give them. God reminds in Lamentations, takes you all the way back to when they griped and complained in the desert. The children cry for bread, but because they look at each other and lean on each other and they've forgotten about me, no one has any to give them. The truth is I have been hungry at times spiritually. I have been thirsty at times spiritually. And I look to fulfill that hunger and thirst in so many different ways and none of it fulfills me. And the only thing that can is the bread, the bread of life. And a guy by the name of Jesus Christ is about to enter into the scene and he's about to set the stage and he's to remind all of us about what the bread of life really is. Take a look at this. Jesus in John chapter 6 verse 30 He's talking to a crowd. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. In other words, Jesus, what can you do? My, my people, they, they ate manna. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now watch this. It comes all the way full circle. But I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. Do you get that? Jesus comes all the way and he looks at God's kids and he says this, look, you keep getting focused on man and what man can do. Moses didn't give the manna from heaven. My father did. You want to see what really can happen by God's hand? Let me show you. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. For today, as we're about to celebrate communion, here's what Jesus says to me. Terry, there are so many times that you turn your focus off of me. You've been a Christian all your life, and yet still 
on Mondays, on Tuesdays, you will get so fixated on what you do. You'll get so fixated on others. You will not lean on me. You will not depend on me. You will not cry out to me. You will not pray to me sometimes. You get so wrapped up in your own life that you forget that I am the true bread of life, that if you feed from me daily, you will never hunger and never thirst in your life again because I am the bread of life. It's a story throughout history. It's a story of God's people. And so as we come to this table, what we're really doing in remembering him is we're receiving the bread of life. We're saying, God, forgive me. I've been leaning on my spouse. I've been leaning on my kids. I've been leaning on my own personality. And God, it's not about me. It's about you because you are the bread of life. Let me make it even that much more practical for you. I have a friend who has a, uh, he bought a piece of property in Seattle, Washington. And as he was looking at property, he had a real estate agent. And the real estate agent's name was Al. And Al was an incredible guy. He, told, he, he shares, he says, man, he was incredible. He was awesome. And Al brought him all throughout the Seattle Puget Sound area to look for a piece of property. And they finally found a piece of property in Al's neighborhood. So my, my friend, he went ahead and he bought the piece of property and he went in and he kind of got settled and he got the keys and he spent the night there. The next morning he got up and he went to the front door. At this time, there were still newspapers being delivered to the front door. And he opened the door and he looked down and what he saw was two loaves of freshly baked bread. And he was like, what is this? He reached down and they were, they were amazing. They smelled, they just baked and so he brings it in the house. There was no note, nothing associated with it. And he's just like, I don't understand. The next morning, he goes to bed. He gets up in the morning again. He goes to the front door. Two more loaves of freshly baked bread. And he said, this place is amazing. I didn't know it came with bread. This is awesome. And so finally he went out and he's looking around the neighbor's yards you know, and he sees on the neighbor's doors, there's two loaves of fresh baked bread. So he went house to house and stole all their bread. Just making sure you're not sleeping. It didn't happen. Just making sure. Someone right there, they were like, well, what? Yeah, you, you need to stay away. No, it didn't happen. But he goes to a neighbor's house and he said, hey, tell me what's going on with this bread. And he goes, oh, you haven't heard the story? Do you know where it comes from? He goes, no. And he goes, it comes from Al. Al, the real estate guy, the guy who sold me the house, he gives bread too. That's part of his policy. He goes, no, no, no. Al lives in the neighborhood. But you need to talk to him. Because it's a pretty amazing story about why he bakes us bread every single We were blessed as a community. He goes, yeah. So he goes and he knocks on Al's house. And Al comes to the door and he says, Al, why, why, what are you doing with the bread? And he said, he said, oh, he said, I'd love to tell you the story. He goes, you see, my great-grandmother used to make fresh sourdough bread. And I, and I remember as a young, young, young child smelling that bread. And I loved eating it every day. And then my grandmother took it over from my great-grandmother and she would bake the same bread. And then my, great, my grandmother would pass it on to my mom and my mom made it for us. And we, I didn't have any sisters. And so my mom passed on the sourdough starter. If you don't know anything about bread, it comes from a starter mix. And this starter mix, the mix that you make the bread came from his great grandmother that was passed on to his grandmother that was passed on to his mom that is passed on to him and he says, you made bread from like 90 years of starter? And he goes, yeah. He goes, can I eat that? He goes, yes. 
He said, because bread, if you don't know bread, bread's alive. It has yeast in it. It's alive and it rises. And he goes, you can keep the starter mix alive every day. And he goes, well, how do you do that? And he says, you have to tend to it. And he goes, well, wait a minute, Al. You told me you travel all the time. How do you keep, if every day you've got to tend to it, how do you do that? And he goes, come on inside. And he comes in. He goes, let me show you. And he goes to his bedroom. Really freaked my friend out. Um, Then he opened the door. He went into the bedroom. And all of a sudden he pulls out a suitcase. And he goes, what is that? And he opened the suitcase. It was a special made suitcase. And there's had two compartments in it. And that, those two compartments, one was for flour and one was for distilled water. And so when he would travel, he would actually carry the suitcase of flour, starter, and distilled water, and he would make sure that he kept it going. So he never wanted to go away. He goes, that's commitment, man. And he goes, look, that's my great-grandmother. And that's my one tie to her. And I want to keep her memories. Don't miss this. I want to keep her memories alive. And every time I make it, I'm reminded of how much she loved me. And, he's, and my friend said, Al, that's an incredible story. He goes, yeah. He goes, but there's one other thing that you have to do in order to keep sourdough starter alive. You have to tend to it. But then there's one other thing that's really, really important. And so he pulled him in a little closer and he said, the truth is, I can't make bread every day and eat all of it. It would go to waste. I have to make a certain amount of bread. Otherwise, the starter will go bad. And he says, so every morning, in order to keep these memories alive, in order to keep this mix alive, I have to make bread and I have to give it away. And so every morning as I walk around and as I make bread, I give it away to others. And there's a lot of jealous people over here and a lot of angry people. Now they're getting happy because they see me walking over and not ignoring them. And so every morning he will get up and he will give away loaves of bread. No, not you. I'm just teasing. I pick on her all the time. Don't miss this point. In order for Al to keep the memories alive, he has to give it away. In order for you as Christians to keep your faith alive, you have to give it away. There are some Christians in this room where you've become like the Israelites in the desert. You've leaned on your personality, your talents, your traits, And you've not tended to that relationship with God in order to keep your faith alive. And if there's a message today as we come to this table, it's this. He wants you to remember that it's me in your life. It is me that gives as the author of everything that you receive that you get. And so all I ask is, is every day of your life in the troubled times, call out me. If you're angry, be angry at me. If you're excited, give me the credit. But more importantly, take your life and give it away to others so that they will know about me as well. Because I am the bread of life. And I'm alive. In just a moment, we're going to celebrate that with what we call communion. And our servant leaders, our deacons are going to come in just a moment. And they're going to pass these trays in front of you. Take the elements if you hold on to them. We'll all receive communion at the same time. 
But before I pray and before they come, I just want to share a couple of things that are important about this table. Number one, we have to have clean hands when we come to the table. And so if you're a Christian in this room and if there is ongoing sin or there is a sin that you've fallen into, now is the moment for you to look at God and say, God, it's about you, it's not about me. And I repent, which is not I'm sorry, I repent, which means that I'm stopping what I'm doing that I know is wrong and I'm moving the exact opposite direction because that's what's right. And so right now as we pray, it's an opportunity for you to clear your heart between you and God so that you can truly remember what he's done in your heart. The second thing before we pray is that this is a family meal. And this is only for Christians. Now, if you're not a Christian in this room, I would never ask you to participate in something that you don't believe in. So in just a moment, as the plates are passed, you have every right to take that and very kindly hand it to the person next to you. There's no judgment. I'm excited you're here. But if you don't understand this gift yet, I would ask you not to participate because this is more than just eating bread. This is about saying he's the bread of life in me. So would you join with me as we ask God's blessing on this time? Father, right now, you are the bread of life. We confess to you right now, Lord, for those of us in this room that have sin. God, we recognize that. We lay it before you and we ask that you would forgive us of that sin, cast it as far as the east is from the west. God, help us every day as we call upon you to overcome. Thank you that you are faithful because of what you did on that cross that I can have true fellowship with you every day. Father, we thank you so much for what we're about to partake. May you receive the glory in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.